welcome and good uh, greevening, unfortunate listeners. The hour has struck midnight, and the season of the ghouls has arrived. It's me, the uh, Creepmaster, and I'm here to prededen... Uh, Predeadened, and I'm here to present the very first annual Dangerous Times Chillhaven High Halloween Spooktacular. <laughs> At this very moment, your favorite Chillhaven stars, Bess, James, May, and Philip Jane, are unsuspectingly on their way to what could be the greatest trick of all, to spend one night and record one admittedly somewhat last-minute and poorly thought-out podcast inside the walls of a haunted mansion. (laughs) He is hoping they make it out alive. Actually, I hope they don't. I'm a creepy guy. I hope they get turned into fucking ghosts or something. But only slime will tell. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway. Well, thank you all for joining me here today to record this podcast I'm sorry that we're not we're not we, we couldn't do it actually at Chillhaven Studios today but instead I had to come to this big creepy mansion that my great uncle left me oh yeah and weirdly your great uncle said that we the four of us and and I don't even feel like your great uncle really knows me or Bess very well but he said specifically that the four of us had to stay one night in this spooky mansion before we could, before you could inherit it. Yeah, and while while also we had to record podcasts uh, during that time. Whilst in the mansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While there's thirteen ghosts roaming around. Thirteen. Thirteen exactly. No more, no less. Thirteen going on thirty. Which also means they can't kill us because then we would become ghosts and then there would be more than thirteen. And we can't have that. Yeah. Well, the, we, wouldn't, what if when they kill one of us, one of them gets to leave? Mm. And that's how it's like a replacement kind of a mm. curse situation. That's a good idea. Well, can you guys just check and make sure there aren't any weapons or anything lying around that a ghost could use? I got a big old knife in front of me. Oh, shoot. Can Dang it. Use that? And also, it's full of blood already. Oh, <laughs> shit. That's so ominous. I hate when I get blood in my knife. Well, actually, when you hold it that way, blood disappears. Oh, now way? it's a regular knife. Yeah. Phew. Okay, now I'm not afraid at all. But now. <laughs> I just have Mountain Dew voltage in front of me. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, hello. Welcome to the first annual Dangerous Times of Chillhaven High Halloween Spooktacular. Uh, as you're hearing this, it is Devil's Night, probably. Hopefully. Um, and uh, as mentioned, this house is haunted. We are recording a podcast in a real haunted house. Full of ghosts, and also I've prepared a series of tricks and treats for all of you um, to enjoy slash, you know, be tricked by. And treat number one, as May uh, just pointed out, is um, everyone has a beautiful Halloween drink in front of them. And some of us have Mountain Dew voltage. <laughs> no. 
So James and I have the alcoholic option, which is, of course, a corpse reviver number. Boo. <laughs> and May and Bess have uh, elected the non-alcoholic version, which is, of course, Mountain Boo. <laughs> I'm really glad, like, Phil's like, are you doing caffeine? Gold I did have stitch. a Coke the other day, and so I was like, okay, I'll I'll drink it. But I was like, as long as it's not Red Bull. And it was close. So I'm glad that. <laughs> How's it tasting so far? It tastes great. Yeah. Very sugary. I like Mountain Dew Voltage. I've never had it. I, I think. I might have the non-alcoholic option after the alcohol. We're sending you home with the whole thing. Like, yeah, we're not keeping this 12-pack of Mountain Dew I was Dew like, here. there's 12 Mountain Dews. And I was like, no, as your plan to, and then Phil's like, give it to James. I was like, okay, thanks. Because I was like, that can't sit in the house. It will be draw, it'll it'll be gone so fast. I draw the line of Mountain Dew. Let's actually move right on since we've you've had a treat. Now it's time for a trick. Oh, no. And that trick is that um, I brought you all here and put you on, Mike, to once again... Uh, it help intervene in my marital problems. <laughs> what? And this is Halloween in a way in that it is bone related. Uh, May and I got had. Oh. I would I wouldn't describe it as an argument maybe, but maybe a disagreement last night. A big disagreement. I completely forgot about it. I was having a nice day until now. You just brought this up again. And it had to do with. Us discussing like end of life preparations, like heavy stuff that maybe you talk about when you're a married couple, what to do after one or both of you dies. Yep. <laughs> and May had an idea about what would happen after we died that um, <laughs> they felt was normal <laughs> and quote romantic. Yes, romantic. And they, you, I would say you were pretty shocked that I was uh, utterly repelled by this suggestion <laughs> it doesn't, and wanted no part it of it. It makes no logical sense and doesn't, I just don't understand. My, I have romantic reasons why I want to do this, but you have no Sorry, good their, reason. Their opposition makes no logical sense? It makes no sense at all. Well, it doesn't I, even matter when you're dead. I'd love for you to weigh on this, uh, in on this because what May would like to happen after we die is for, quote... <laughs> to have all of our bones all mixed together. And in uh, the ground. <laughs> oh, in the ground. Just yeah. like not assembled. So you want someone so to take your bodies, flay the flesh from your bones, strip them bare. See, I wasn't even thinking. Bare skeletons. That and then you or want like them. May seemed to think there was some kind of laser that they could use. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking about the like... I was just thinking, I want the bones together, but I guess our bodies can be together, and then we de we get yucky, and then our bones so are there. So just like two bodies in the same coffin, yeah, or you together. want specifically like the parts tangled up? What you were saying no, last night over and over was up. our bones all mixed together. Because <laughs> in the end, our bones will be mixed together when we decompose, but I wasn't thinking about the bodies together, but the bones should be together. So the bodies have to be together in order for the bones to be together. So yes, okay. I want to be in the same. You want to be. I want to be with I, Phil. We all know that like, you know, human archaeologists aren't going to exist thousands of years from now, but yes. like you want to be if they were. Yes. Like that skeleton couple that gets dug up. Yes. And, like they're spooning. Yes. Yeah. That's not all mixed together, though, because I said, what if we're just next to each other holding hands? And you said, no, all mixed together. <laughs> I did. become the same dirt. I did. I want. I want us to be. We can be all on top of each other. Get closer. Yeah, we're gonna, get we're closer. gonna human. We're gonna before Rick and Mortis sets in. We're gonna human pretzel the both of you together, yeah. and huck you in the ground. Why is that weird? <laughs> I feel I, like it's kind of like when people get married and they pour their different colored sands on top of yeah. each other, and they make a really often beautiful, um, like 
trifle of sand. So you think yeah. this is a beautiful idea that May's had? I think that I un- I can see how May would think it would be nice and, and <laughs> how, how their mind could find peace in the idea. Yes, but thank you. I do because get that. It doesn't bring me, I have to be with you forever and always. And then I said, if I had my way, I would have Zero's bones in there too. <laughs> Because we'll we'll we're, work on that. We're a family. Yeah. So we get buried all in together. I think I land exactly in the middle on this. It does not appeal to me. However, I am with May on the tip that, like, I'm dead. Who cares? I find it fundamentally repellent in a way that I have a hard time articulating. But I said I'm going to put it in my will. I don't want my bones all mixed up. Why? Well, and what I would say is, and what I said is Should've that I would put it in my will that my bones will never be mixed up. I can't believe you brought this up because it makes me so mad. <laughs> I said we can be right next to each other, hand in hand. I'll be holding my sword, and I'll have my crown and all my jewels on. <laughs> and you can be wearing all of your finest, you know, armors and jewelries and stuff. And we'll have our horses in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, separate. So we can have our horses, but we can't. We're not mix all our mixed bones. together. Because <laughs> then, what are we? We're in the afterlife. We're that thing from the end of the skeleton dance. You act like you don't want that. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> See, it's confusing to me because it seems something like Phil would want. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't want it. But so this now we've recorded this. This is a document <laughs> that I do not want my bones mixed together. It's not true. We'll see how it comes out in the edit. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, 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 I do want bones mixed together. <laughs> Sounds great. I'll find the files. I'll send it to my lawyer. I love you, May. <laughs> Oh, what was that? It was our bones getting mixed together. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> oh, it's already started. Look at your feet. <laughs> I I thought I heard something spooky off in the distance, but it can't be. It's probably not a real ghost, right? This place isn't really haunted. There's no such thing as ghosts in houses. They only live outside. Is this true? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. They oh. can't get inside. They don't. They can't open doors. Oh. And well, that's they, reassuring. And if they died inside, they get they get kicked out. It's when Eli- like when Elijah wakes up in the basement after he'd been dead, but he hadn't been invited into that house, so he because has to Ale- just get out real quick. Because they had to change the deed to Elena to keep her safe from Klaus, and then Elena undaggered him, and then he was like, oh, I can't breathe. Explain that other time, though, when that vampire wakes up and he can't get into his own apartment. He probably rents it. Yeah, he probably rents it, James. So is it, <laughs> so a, so a, le- a, a, a rental agreement does not count. No. A rental agreements do not survive death. Yes. Leases do? What? Mortgages do? Oh, mor- you, own. you own the, you have yeah. to have your name on the it. deed. Okay. I'm glad we brought up Vampire Diaries because. Are, are we going to do it right now? We've <laughs> gone from, uh, we did a treat and a trick, and now we're back on a treat. <sighs> it's not really a treat. No, it's more of a trick. Honestly, uh-huh. disguised it's, as a trick. Well, that's a trick. A you told us it was a treat, but it's a trick. That a trick. I tricked you by telling trick. you yeah, that this I trick was tricked. a treat. Trickception. I, I promise you, it's not what you think. Oh, at all. Well, you'll you'll never you'll never know what's gonna come to you. So, as we all know, our group favorite TV show is The Vampire Diaries. Yes. Um, May and I have been rewatching it again for the who knows how many mon- time. And uh, I don't know if you all know this, but the Vampire Diaries TV show is based on a series of books. 13 of them, to be exact. Called the Vampire Diaries. By L.J. Smith. We'll get into that. We'll get in, yeah. <laughs> so, 
I went on Wikipedia and I read the summary of these books. <laughs> well, because we were like, let's read the books. And I was like, Phil, we can buy the box set. And Phil was like, hey, let's let's buy the first one first and see if we like it. As opposed to just buying the giant box set of every book out of the gate. So Phil went on Wikipedia and boy, howdy. I'm glad that they did. So now <laughs> I'm going to read to you all every summary of every Vampire Diaries book on Wikipedia. Give them to me. They do escalate. As any book series should. You're familiar with the show and its cast characters, right? Mm-hmm. Vampire Diaries and the mm-hmm. plots of the show? Oh, yeah. Great, great, great. So, the right now, oh, it's called The Vampires. This, the, so, there's a, there's a series of trilogies. Each one is contained in a trilogy. The first one is called The Vampires. This one came out in 1991 by, as James mentioned, one L.J. Smith. Pen name. This one's called The Awakening. The Awakening is the first novel in the Vampire Diaries series and introduces the main cast of characters Elena, Stefan, Matt, Bonnie, Caroline, and Meredith. Meredith! Meredith! The plot, Meredith? Meredith's going to come up a lot. Yeah. The plot of the novel revolves around the romance between Stefan Salvatore and Elena Gilbert and the group's attempts to understand the brutal attacks that have taken place in Fell's church. First little diversion, the, sh- the show, the town is called Mystic Falls and the books apparently is called Fell's Church. Bad. Yeah. It took me... Th- uh, I like that better, actually. I think Mystic Falls has always been kind of stupid. No! Calling a town a church is weird. Yeah. Yes. I guess. Yeah. It is weird. It does sound like something that, like, Confederates in Virginia would have done, though. Well. Stefan Salvatore <laughs> believes that he was committing the atrocities, <laughs> though it is later revealed that it was his brother, Damon Salvatore. This book also introduces the background of the Salvatore brothers, which introduces the characters of Catherine and Klaus. End of summary of first book. So far, besides that Meredith person, sounds yep. pretty close to the TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, The Struggle, Volume <laughs> 2. The Struggle. It's real. Picks, <laughs> picks up where The Awakening left off. Great start. Love when a second book pick up where first book left off. <laughs> While introducing new characters like Alaric Saltzman. After the murder of their past history teacher, Elena attempts to clear Stefan's innocence. After he is accused of committing the crime, and Damon looks into Alaric Sulzman's role in all this, it is later revealed that the town knows about vampires and hired Alaric to try to kill Stefan and Damon. However, Alaric later joins Damon and Stefan and ends up dating Meredith Sulez. A powerful being has returned to Fell's church, and everything is out of control. Despite Stefan's belief in Damon as the perpetrator, no one knows its identity. Controlling the wind, the evil power chases Elena off Wickery Bridge to her death. I'm sorry, wait. End of summary, <laughs> book two. Wait, it controls the wind? Controlling yeah, it, the wind, the evil it. power chases Elena off Wickery Bridge to her death. Okay. <laughs> Starting to get a little different now. Yeah. <laughs> Just a, a little. There's a horrible force and it controls the wind. Yeah. It controls the wind. And Elena dies nah. way earlier. Yeah. Elena's right dead. I mean... I guess that's kind of her backstory in the show, right? Is she go off the bridge in the car with her parents and then Stefan dives in and saves her? Yeah, but no mention of parents. And also no mention in the show of a magic wind. No. A mighty wind with Christopher Guest. And you know who else we're missing? Jeremy, because I think Jeremy is Meredith. Jeremy, I know for a fact, was an invention for the show. And what a good invention he was. Yeah, what a worthwhile time. We're all thankful. (laughs) Yeah. All right, this is going to end, oh no, sorry, this first one's a quadrilogy, I apologize. So we've got two more in the first sort of set here. My favorite kind of elegy. Next up is The Fury, Volume 3. The Fury reveals, okay, get ready for this, that the Salvatore's former lover, Catherine, Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Von Schwarzschild. <laughs> what? Catherine Von Schwarzschild. Sure. Child of Schwartz. Was the evil force in Fell's church, and that she ran Elena off the bridge, where Elena turned into a vampire. Oh, shit. The Fury introduces Catherine as a villain with the plot revolving around a newly turned Elena trying to cope with the stress of becoming a vampire. Stefan and Damon work together to try to stop Catherine, who has been possessing animals and killing people all around Fell's church. Discovering Catherine's secret lair beneath the graveyard, Stefan, Stefan Damon, and Elena <laughs> fight her, resulting in both Elena and Catherine's deaths. Elena is dead. But she's dead again. Yeah. yeah, she died at the end of the last one, too. Yeah. So. I don't know if you're going to trick me twice, L.J. Smith. <laughs> Still, you know, a bit different than the show. Some of the names, I would argue, are either better or worse yeah. than the ones in the show. Does Catherine have a last name in the show? Yeah. 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 Petrova. Yeah. Petrova. That's right. Rolls off her a little more. That is, an that is an improvement. A.K.A. Catherine Pierce. Yeah. yeah. So she has multiple last names, both of which I would argue are better than Von Schwarzschild. <laughs> I just keep seeing Tom Schwartz's face pop up. Oh, God. Okay, final entry of the original quadrilogy, Dark Reunion, Volume 4, 1992. Dark Reunion. Dark Reunion is the final novel in the original wave of Vampire Diaries books and features the heavily foreshadowed Klaus as the main villain. After the death of Elena, Damon and Stefan have left Fell's church, only to be brought back by Bonnie after she begins to have psychic dreams about Klaus torturing Elena. Klaus has captured Caroline and has been manipulating Tyler Smallwood into performing his dirty work. After the deaths of two friends, Stefan goes out to kill Klaus, only to realize that he is one of the old ones, that's in quotes, the old ones, meaning he can't be killed. Damon returns to help battle the vampire, only to be continually defeated. Just as Klaus is gloating over his victories, hundreds of dead Civil War soldiers rise from the grave led by Elena to drag Klaus to the underworld. What? Elena is resurrected, and with seemingly every enemy vanquished, the cast leaves successful in their conquests. End and, of summary. And the horde of undead Confederate soldiers. Doesn't say Confederate. Does, does not say Confederate. Says Civil War soldiers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a horde of undead, non-specific Civil War soldiers. Presumably just eat the population of Fell's church, or we'll never know. Or Elena just says, like, okay, you can all go back to sleep now. They drag Klaus to the underworld. Oh, so they all go to the underworld also. Yeah, they drag him down there. A couple of them. Torture him. There's a there's not like a couple at the end who are like, ah, it seems like you guys got it. We're gonna we're gonna stick around. They hate him, so they wanna get him. Oh, okay, sure. Because Klaus probably caused the civil war. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe in He this. would. Yeah. Um, so next up, the Return Trilogy. Now that last book you might remember came out in 1992. This one comes out in 2009. Wait. What? Oh. So that's when the Vampire Diaries. It aired in 2008, I think. That's, so we're I think the these books Bible. do come after the show has started. Yeah. The Return: Colon Nightfall, written over a decade later. The Return: Colon Nightfall continued up where the last novel left oh. off, with Elena now in the care of Stefan. Damon has been possessed by the evil fox de demon Shinichi and his twin sister Misao, who have been invading the town using mystical and evil Malak. 
Elena struggles to adjust to her human form after spending so much time in the Spee, and everything is under control changes back to her human self, but simultaneously loses her angel powers. <laughs> Stefan is captured by the possessed Damon, who later lures Elena and Matt into a brutal trap. After saving Damon from the horrible Malak that has taken over his body, the duo take on Shinichi and Misao, who are planning on killing Bonnie and Meredith. After saving her friends, Elena embarks on a journey with Matt and Damon to free Stefan from the brutal dark dimension. What is this fucking, like, Angel? Naruto, yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh, weeb-ass shit? It got different. It did get different. Like, it literally sounds like somebody watched, like, a block of anime on Cartoon Network and was like, uh, evil dark dimension. Got it. Fox spirits going into bodies. Got it. Okay, I know where all my ideas are coming from. Keep that Cartoon Network anime thing in the back of your mind when yeah. you hear what's coming up soon. Great. The Return, colon, Shadow Souls, 2010. The Return, colon, Shadow Souls takes place after the events of Nightfall. Great. I love it when a book takes place after the events of the book before it. <laughs> I hate prequel books. I will not read them. It follows Damon, Elena, and Matt as they attempt to travel into the Dark Dimension. Bonnie and Meredith fight against Shinichi and Misa, who have been corrupting the citizens of Fell's Church. When Damon and Elena get intimate on the road, Matt abandons them and returns to Fell's Church, where he instructs Bonnie and Meredith to meet up with Damon and Elena. When they arrive in the brutal Dark Dimension, Elena saves a woman named Alma, and she helps them to find the first half of a fox key that is needed to rescue Stefan. Damon, Bonnie, Elena, and Meredith attend a party hosted by a woman named Bludawood, who transforms into a huge owl every night. When, <laughs> when Elena steals the last half of the fox key from the owl, she attempts to kill them but is unsuccessful, eventually dying by Elena's newfound powers. Using the key to free Stefan, Elena uses her powers to help transport them back to Earth, where Shinichi is waiting. After shooting the hologram of Shinichi with blessed bullets, Elena attempts to coax Stefan back to health and Damon is transformed into a human after a terrible coincidence. What? <laughs> Wait! End of summary. What? <laughs> oh, what a terrible coincidence. <laughs> Are you following this so far? No! Elena has the fox key. She used the blessed bu bullets to shoot the hologram of Shinichi. But Why? Damon was transformed into a human after a terrible coincidence. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I have so many questions. Why is Elena an angel? Does being yes. an angel stop her from being a vampire? She lost her angel powers. Right, but she was an angel before that, and d is she still a vampire? Does she still have vampires under that? Not a vampire. vampire powers She's died under so that? many times. Um, why does she need blessed bullets to shoot an evil fox spirit? Because she's an angel, probably. She got angel powers, so she needs blessed bullets, because blessed and angels go together. Gang, I'm sure that the next summer is going to clear all this up. Yeah, you know, James, again, I want you to remember what you did say about this sounding like anime from Cartoon Network from like or Shonen Jump. Circa 2008, yeah. The Return, colon, Midnight 2011. The Return, colon, Midnight begins after Damon has become a human and starts with him tricking Bonnie into giving him Misao's powerful star ball that can lead him back <laughs> into the dark dimension. <laughs> After Bonnie tries to thwart Damon, they are both transported into the Dark Dimension, where Damon works to become a vampire again. Meredith reveals herself as a Hunter Slayer, a skill that she inherited after Klaus attacked her family and turned her brother Christian into a vampire. She's some sort of vampire hunter. No, a Hunter Slayer. Shinichi and Misao attack the Salvatore boarding house to try to retrieve Misao's Starball, but they are unsuccessful, and Misao eventually dies after her Starball is destroyed. 
Meredith realizes that Inari, an old friend of theirs, is secretly behind the attacks and is one of the oldest and most powerful beings in the universe. Matt, Meredith, and Mrs. Flowers, the owner of Salvatore Boarding House, attempt to stop <laughs> attempt to stop her, while Damon, who has newly returned to his vampire status, joins up with Stefan, Bonnie, and Elena to find the seven Kitsune treasures. Fuck. They can just what? be a human or be a vampire, be a human or be a vampire. Must honestly. collect all seven millennium items. Starballs. Gotta Star find balls. the heart of the cards. After finding the seven Kitsune treasures, Damon and Stefan kill Shinichi, who is trying to stop them. But a magic tree stakes Damon and he dies. Magic tree. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, the, like the tree itself decided, like, I'm going to stake this motherfucker. Fuck How you. did the tree, what were the tree's opinions on all of the... Uh, like previous proceedings. I'm gonna just re- so what happened, James, was that um, a magic tree staked Damon and then he died. Okay, <laughs> got, it. got it. That clears it up. Thank you. After Elena destroys the seven treasures, she goes to find the mystical guardians who have the power to bring people back from the dead. She asks for her old life back in return for the remaining Kitsune treasure. That's not. No, we we bring people back from the dead. Did you not catch that? But they are unable to bring Damon back to life. Oh, except him though. <laughs> <laughs> Elena returns to her old life, only to find out that Inari was killed when the treasure was destroyed, and that everything is returned to normal before Klaus, Catherine, and Shinichi invaded Fell's church. End of that trilogy. Any questions? Um. <sighs> Lots. Well, they're probably going to be answered next, right? <laughs> well, here's what happens next is the, uh, remember LJ... Smith. Smith? Yeah. Yeah, well, fuck that clown. She's fired, and she doesn't write these books anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I mean, like, from the beginning, Vampire Diaries was intended to be, like, a Nancy Drew-esque, like, Hardy Boys, like, it's a pen name that a bunch of people could write under if we feel like it. So the original author was hired as, like, a for-hire, yeah, so she had no rights to the characters. Apparently, according to this Wikipedia page, she went very hard for an unspecified plot development that was so bad they fired her from this and from another series she was writing. Yep. Uh, yep. I cannot imagine what it was yeah. based on what we've already read. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it has to be Stefan and Damon hooking up or something, right? Like, what would be so bad that they were like, you're fired from no. every book series? Incest is allowed. Oh, okay. I think in the... Um, three hours long Jenny Nicholson video about Vampire Diaries when she talks about the books... I think she said it was that she was very hard for Elena and Damon, and the publisher, for whatever reason, was like, no, it has to be Elena and Stephanie. Oh. That was it? Wow, mm. I bet she got mad when she saw a TV show. Mm-hmm. Yep. I yeah. All right, so next trilogy now, picking up with a new ghostwriter, The Hunters Trilogy. Book one, The Hunters, colon, Phantom, 2011. The Hunters, colon, Phantom is the starting novel of a new arc, this time written by a ghostwriter. So I just want to be clear, the full title of this book then would be The Vampire Diaries, colon, The Hunters, colon, Phantasm. Phantom. Phantom, whatever. Yep. (laughs) I'm just picturing like the successively smaller fonts on the book cover. It begins with Meredith Sulez's fiancé-to-be, Alaric Saltzman, returning from Japan with a fellow researcher, Celia Connor. Since the Guardians changed the realities of Fell's church so that the evil Klaus, Catherine, and the Kitsune twins committed never happened, Elena is no longer dead, and she's able to see her Aunt Judith and her sister Margaret again. 
Alaric and Celia arrive by train, just after her name is mysteriously spelled out in blood. Other names begin to appear, first Meredith, then Damon, Bonnie, Elena, and Matt. Damon manages to escape from the Dark Dimension after it is revealed that the embers of the Starball Elena destroyed revived him after his death in the return colon midnight. As they do. Stevan begins to suspect Caleb Smallwood of committing the crimes after he finds out that he still remembers the original timeline with Klaus and Catherine. Stefan tries to kill Caleb, but is unsuccessful because Elena intervenes. Stefan and Meredith interrogate Caleb, only to realize that he was not causing the accidents around Fell's Church. Simultaneously, the bodies of Matt, Bonnie, and Elena have all been taken into the Dark Dimension, where Damon is trying to hunt the villain. Damon reveals that the monster is an original phantom, and that it feeds on your emotions the same way a vampire feeds on blood. After the phantom is summoned to Fell's church, Alaric tries to use an old magic to cast the phantom out, but the phantom is able to play on people's minds and forces Stefan and Damon to battle. They eventually cast the phantom out after revealing all of their jealousies and burning down the garage in the process. Oh no! They prepare to attend Dalkers College in the coming fall. The vampires? I'm gonna just read that last bit again. <laughs> the phantom is able to play on people's minds and forces Stefan and Damon to battle. Yeah. They eventually cast the phantom out after revealing all of their jealousies and burning down the garage in the process. <laughs> they prepare to attend Dalcrest College in the coming fall. What's they, not clear about just, any of they that? They just burned down, the, they set the garage ablaze, and then they're just like... And now they have new dreams. <sighs> okay, now, I feel better. <laughs> now college. Yeah. Like every regular, regular kid. Now, we'll always miss the garage. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of good times. How many more? How many more books are there? <laughs> I don't know why. Are you tired of this? <laughs> There's two more summaries. Great. The Hunters Colon Moon Song, 2012. In The Hunters Colon Moon Song, written by a Ghostwriter, Elena, Stefan, Matt, Bonnie, and Meredith are all attending Dalcrest College, just a few hours away from Fell's Church. They all settle into new rituals, with Bonnie befriending a boy named Xander and Meredith meeting a fellow vampire hunter named Samantha. Xander, get the fuck out of here. Wrong with a Z. Show. With a Z. It's totally different. <laughs> Matt Honeycutt is invited to join the secret group called the Vitali Society, where he's met by dozens of recruits, including his new friend Chloe, and even more masked Vitalis led by the mysterious Ethan Crane. Elena chooses to part ways with both Damon and Stefan after they begin to battle over her again, leading the two brothers to bond over their shared misery. <laughs> Damon is living across town in a fancy apartment and is much less considerate of Elena's wish to remain separate. Elena and Damon are constantly together, making Stefan become even more jealous and cold. When people start disappearing from campus, Meredith and Samantha try to uncover who is behind it, only to have Matt's roommate Christopher and Meredith's friend Samantha killed. Meredith and Elena suspect Xander is the killer, making Bonnie so upset that she moves out of their dorm. Xander reveals himself as a werewolf, making Bonnie believe that he is the killer. But a few hundred feet away, Ethan Crane is beginning a ritual with the fellow Vitalis. The Vitali Society is actually a group of vampires, and the new recruits, including Matt, are all to be turned into a vampire army. Stefan arrives to protect Matt, but is quickly subdued by Ethan and his vampires. Ethan Crane reveals that he's intent on bringing back the powerful original vampire Klaus, and he wants to gift him the massive army that he has assembled. Damon, Meredith, and Elena arrive to stop the Vitalis and kill about a dozen. The rest escape. Give or take. <laughs> Ethan Crane threatens to kill Elena, but is quickly impaled with Meredith's fighting stave. Bonnie places spells st sealing on the... 
Again, uh, Ethan Crane threatens to kill Elena, but is quickly impelled by Meredith's fighting stave. That we all knew she had Mm -hmm. and has been very important up to this point. It was a good thing she wasn't keeping her staves in the garage. Yeah. (laughs) Bonnie places spells sealing up the tunnels from the outside so that no one finds the dead vampires until they've been disposed of. Though Ethan actually survived his wounds and now has all the ingredients he needs to resurrect Klaus. End of summary. I was going to say something about how I hadn't heard the word werewolf yet at all in these summaries and how weird that was. It's even weirder that they are just now introducing werewolves to the story. Uh Uh-huh. After angels and phantoms and fox spirits. (laughs) Original phantoms. Yep. Owls. Oh, yeah, yeah, owl people. Famous Tony's original phantoms. Yeah, yeah. Now they're like, oh, we haven't done werewolves yet. (laughs) Well, it would have been boring to start there. Yeah. I guess. It feels weirder to escalate and then go back to it. All right, it's the last one. The final the final book. There's three more books, but they don't have summaries on here. Um, Mysteries. The Hunters, colon, Destiny Rising, 2012. The Hunters, colon, Destiny Rising, written by a ghostwriter. After the events of The Hunters, colon, Moonsong, Stefan, Elena, Meredith, and Xander's wolf pack are trying to try... Wait. After the events of Hunters, colon, Moonsong... Stefan, Elena, Meredith, and Xander's wolf pack are rallying to try to find Ethan after they discover his body is missing from the Vitaly vampire chamber. Bum, bum, bum. Alaric Saltzman comes into town and helps Meredith rig vervain bombs to try to lure Ethan out of the tombs. However, Ethan has already begun the ceremony deep in the woods. Stefan and the wolf pack battle what the Vitaly... ceremony? Ethan has already begun the ceremony deep in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan and the vamp Stefan and the wolf pack battle the Vitali vampires. However, Ethan successfully pours Stefan and Damon's blood into a huge bonfire, raising Klaus. What? Klaus Why? instantly kills Ethan and wounds Xander, telling Elena to watch her back before vanishing into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait. Klaus comes back, kills the guy who brought him back. Wounds one werewolf and then it's just like you better watch your ass. <laughs> That's not Klaus. Bonnie has a vision of Klaus bringing back his old allies, including Catherine and Meredith's brother Christian. Alaric, Meredith, and Bonnie hunt for a white oak tree that can be used to kill Klaus, but Tyler and Caroline were compelled by Klaus to burn it down. Elena learns that she is an earthly guardian and cannot be killed by supernatural means. She's given lessons in mastering her powers by another earthly guardian named Andres, who works with her history professor, James, who helps her understand her skills. Damon is hunting humans again, causing Stefan and Elena to hide his actions from the rest of the group, who already dislike the more sarcastic Salvatore brother. Damon. (laughs) We already don't like that you're sarcastic. You better not be killing humans. (laughs) That would be the final straw. (laughs) Stefan and the rest of the group go hunt for Klaus, only to discover that he's created an army, including the powerful Catherine. They battle, resulting in the death of the werewolf Chad, and Klaus realizes that he has to find another way to kill Elena. Elena and Andres are ambushed by Klaus on an elevator, and Andres is kidnapped when Damon saves Elena from Klaus. Damon and Catherine begin to work together, feeding on humans and having fun. (laughs) (laughs) But eventually, she eventually warns Damon about Klaus's plan, and he leaves to join Stefan and his army of werewolves. Elena, as an earthly guardian, is given the task of killing Damon Salvatore, which she rejects as ridiculous, choosing instead to go after Klaus. Christian tries to kill Meredith, leading her to realize that she must kill her brother if the time arises. <laughs> Klaus and his army, except Catherine, battle against Stefan, Damon, Meredith, and an army of werewolves. Meredith runs Christian through with a stake, killing him instantly, while Damon and Stefan battle against the countless other vampires Klaus has brought with him. 
Klaus captures Elena and brings her into the tunnels beneath the school where he stabs her and begins to drink her blood. Stefan and Elena find, wait, Stefan and Damon find Elena, only to realize that Klaus has died. Realizing that Elena's blood, as an earthly guardian, has the ability to kill the unkillable original vampires. With all their threats defeated, Meredith and Alara get engaged, while Bonnie continues to date the original werewolf Xander. Elena reads her mother's journal and discovers she and Catherine were half-sisters. Elena chooses to be with Stefan after she explains to the Guardians that Damon will no longer be a problem anymore. <laughs> Damon and Catherine choose to leave the continent, presumably going to Asia, which Damon has specified that he enjoyed. End of summary. <laughs> what happened to Chad? Died. Matt and Bonnie. Uh, if Elena's blood can kill vampires, how come Catherine didn't die no, in like book three? Original vampires. Oh, only original, original vampires. vampires. She's an yes. earthly guardian. Her blood kills original vampires. Doesn't kill regular vampires. No, yeah. only because Catherine and Damon went to left the continent, presumably going to Asia, which Damon has specified that he enjoyed. Specified, yes. You know what I like? Asia. <laughs> Specifically, <laughs> I like Asia. <laughs> So I'm end of tr- I would argue treat. End of treat. Yeah. So we didn't buy the first book. No. <laughs> well. No. I feel like I've read them. Yeah. 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 And I, I feel want no, I honestly want to read them more. I now. don't. I n- I have to know what the holes are <laughs> there. I want you to report back then cuz I was like yeah. absolutely not get this away from me. <laughs> How did we get this perfect, amazing show? Well, not perfect, but get this amazing yeah. show. I mean, there is something to be said that the show was like, okay, we're just going to take like the basic premise, but we're not going to do all this crazy, stupid shit from these later no. books. What do we got for season five? Uh, experimental government vampire <laughs> program that left Damon with amnesia? Okay, sure. Great. Roll with it. Enzo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it starts getting wacky. But God, it's good when it's so good. It's good for like four seasons. I think seasons two through two, three, four. Well, I guess it's good for three seasons. Yeah, really good for three seasons. Seasons two, three, and four are great. Top notch. Mm-hmm. Season five this is a half good. But anyway, thank you for listening to these spooky stories. And this is our podcast where all we do is talk about the Vampire Diaries. <laughs> so, do we think that was a trick or a treat? That was a that was a treat. That was a treat. Great. Go on. No, wait. Well, may you have an answer? No, no, no. <laughs> I think the trick would have been you ordering them before reading the, all the summaries and Absolutely. then diving in at first. Yes. That would have been a trick we played on ourselves. Yeah. yeah. A trick I might still play on myself. <laughs> hey, wow, this uh, this big house is... Once you get past the spooky factor and, like, all the dust and cobwebs and chains and stuff, it's actually pretty cool in here. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so much floor space. Yeah. Such high ceilings. Yeah, I know. Not great for podcast recording, but I'll fix it all in post. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that was why you dangled a dozen pillows from the ceiling with fishing line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Break up the, the sound reverberations, yep. absorb the frequencies. It's real technical talk. I don't need to get too far into it. I don't want to put you guys to sleep, although we do have to sleep in this house. Did it say specifically we had to sleep? I can't. Like, if I stay up all night, that doesn't count. I got to stay a whole nother night. Well, it said spend the night. Mm, okay. So... I guess, you know, he's dead. He can't prove we didn't sleep. Unless he's one of the 13 ghosts. Dum-dum-dum. Maybe he's the final ghost. And when he comes out, he's just like, congrats, you did it. And blows a little party popper. Yep, enjoy the, <laughs> enjoy the house. Hey, James, what's through that doorway behind you there? Huh? Uh, some kind of big room all full of books? Oh, it's like, uh, what you call it, a bilary. 
something like that. Bookstore. Bookstore. Yeah, it's like an am. It's like a Barnes and Noble in here. Ooh. Everyone, grab your microphones. Let's move this party into this Barnes and Noble room and see what it's got to offer. You don't allow me to touch my mic. <laughs> Bye, May. Bye. <laughs> wow! Look at all these great titles um, up on the walls in the library here. Hold on. Wow, the picture of Dorian Gray. Is that the person from Fifty Shades of Gray? Nope. Nope. That's Christian Gray. That's Christian Gray. Uh, ooh, the, uh, the Raven and other collected stories. Wow, by Edgar Allan Poe. By Edgar Allan Poe. I'm getting the shivers already. Ah, Goosebumps. God damn it! That was gonna be my next one. <laughs> wow, the complete original Goosebumps series and the Horrorland series and the Choose Your Own Adventures Goosebumps series. Was my great uncle a child? <laughs> no, he just had great taste. Oh, and what's this over here? That's the Necronomicon. Oh. Don't read that one. <laughs> I know. But what if we just read a little bit? <laughs> no. Like two sentences for free before they really start taking you seriously. Yeah, yeah we get a like free a, trial. I was going to yeah. say it's like a subscription service. <laughs> Klaatu Barada, you know, and then you have to put in your credit card information. Exactly. Yeah. No, next to the Necronomicon, Bess, obviously. <laughs> But also bound weirdly in human skin. I guess maybe that's the section of the library it is. Yeah, skin these are section. all. Yeah, these are all bound in some kind of skin. Not all of it's human, but some of them are. Yeah, a lot of people call that leather. <laughs> <laughs> Which, as vegans, we are resoundly against. Yeah, yes. it's just as bad as the human skin books. I'll be removing those books from this house post haste. In fact, I'm gonna start piling them up now, and so I can put them in the garbage to get them out of here. Because I only want vegan books in this house. <laughs> Oh my God, though, this book, it's got my name on the front of it. What? It says, You Find Yourself Alone, game book, written by Philip Jane Stressman. That's you. That is you. me. That's name like my name. Yeah. All, all three of them, even. Did you just do this all so that we would play a game that you wrote? No. But Why since you we're here. No, that would be a trick. <laughs> <laughs> the audience can't see Phil rubbing their dimple. What? <laughs> That's how you get a dimple. You got to work at it. You got to really drive you your fingers really in there. Jam yeah. your finger into your cheek. Well, I guess since we're all here already, and we have to stay the night, we might as well play this admittedly somewhat spooky game. Yeah, luckily for us, we don't find it ourselves alone. Yeah, none of us are even scared of stuff. No, I'm not scared of anything. Well, good thing that you're not scared of stuff, Bess. Otherwise, that big spider crawling up your back would probably really freak you out. Whoa! Oh, that's just my spider ring. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Got it, got it. You just had your hand behind your back. Yeah, I oh, when I do that. There is a ghost of a spider behind you. Whoa! Oh, that's the ghost of my spider ring. <laughs> all right, let me just flip this book open. I'm blowing all the dust off it. Oh, sorry, I blew it right in your face. It's okay. Really rude of me. Yeah, skin-bound books really produce a lot of dust. Well, yeah, because they just <laughs> flake off. <laughs> We're going to play You Find Yourself Alone a little bit. The way this game works is this is a weird game. It's been a while since we played it. So to refresh your memories, there's only one player in each game of You Find Yourself Alone. However, there are multiple GMs. In our case, there will be three GMs. The player plays themselves. Your character is you. You find yourself alone. You try to play the top of your intelligence. Do what you would actually do in that situation. Meanwhile, the GMs are going to try to increase your depth 
down the horror, horror spiral until you inevitably lose your life or your freaking marbles probably also. Mm-hmm. With a die of your choosing, we're going to use a six-sided die because I want to do tight little uh, creep show length stories. So I think a six-sided, if this ends up being too long for the first one, we can even switch to a four-sided and make it even shorter. So here's how it goes. We three, whoever's not playing, are the puppet masters. The player who is playing is the puppet. The puppet finds themselves alone in a horrific situation and then take actions. The puppet master decides if those actions constitute an attempt by the puppet to escape their horrific scenario. If it is determined that the puppet is taking an escape action, they will roll the die, or a bone as they're frequently called, which is a scarier word for die. Spooky! Um, on the first roll, any number except for one produces a success. Two, success. Three, success. Four, success, etc. Six, success. If they get a one, though, that's a failure, and they proceed deeper down the horror, horror spiral. The next roll, guess what? Now a two is also a failure. Only three through six is a success. After the next failure, then now a one through three is a failure. Only four through six is a success. So on and so forth, until finally their life has ended and success is no longer possible. Got it? The only means of escape is to roll a six three times in a row. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Does anyone want to be the first victim? I mean, player. Mm, I'll do it. Do it. Whoa, who left the door open? Nobody. Probably ghost number five. Wow, okay, can you write that down? We're at five. 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 What's your name, spirit? Clen. They said Clen. (laughs) Clen? Yeah, their name is Clen. That's a... Bad name. That's a stupid name, Glenn. <laughs> Glenn with a G. Is it short for something? Yeah, like Clinton. Clinton. <laughs> no wonder they died. <laughs> Bad names get you murdered. That is what happened. Go away, Glenn. You're not very cool. All right, anyways, back to our game. Great. Bess is up first. Mm-hmm. Wait. Bess? Hmm? Where did you guys? Where'd Bess go? Bess, are they? They were right here next to me inside this library. Oh no! I bet wherever they are, they find themselves alone. We got to Bess. <laughs> Bess, you find yourself alone inside some kind of antique store, surrounded by towering shelves full of bizarre and off-putting oddities. You see no one else here with you, but you have a distinct sensation of being watched. Ooh, I don't like that. But I like antique stores. <laughs> I know it's weird, but I think I'm still going to look around. Great. Um, so, just to reiterate, there's two different kinds of actions in this game. Mm-hmm. There's engagement actions and escape actions. Mm-hmm. So if you're engaging with like whatever's going on, you don't have to roll. We'll mm-hmm. just keep... We'll keep giving you new scenarios. Mm-hmm. As soon as we feel like you're attempting to escape somehow or get help or, you know, somehow push back against the horror, mm-hmm. that's when it requires a roll. Okay. So, that being said, that felt like an engagement to me. Mm-hmm. Beth's going to engage with the antiques. So, uh, do we want to go clockwise or counterclockwise? Who wants to be up next? I can go next. Okay. How much do I say? 
I think just to deliver like a enough that Bess will like need to take another okay. make another decision. Um Bess looks around the room and finds six boxes of different sizes in front of her. Hmm. You said a box? Mm-hmm. They're all boxes. Six boxes. Of different sizes. Yeah. I'm gonna open up the small one because I know that trick. I think it's gonna be the the cool ones and the big one, but it's not. It's in the small one. I think that's an engagement action, right? Mm-hmm. Still engaging. Okay. You open the smallest of the six boxes to find inside a heavy ceramic magic eight ball. Ooh, <laughs> that's exciting. Okay, I'm gonna look at the magic eight ball and say. And ask, am I in a safe place? And shake the ball. That seems like help. Okay. Should we uh, should we call for a roll? Yeah, I think so. Okay. You're asking someone if you're safe or not, right? Seems like an attempt. Best the puppet masters have determined that you've attempted to escape your horror. You must now roll. Six. That's a success. Ooh. Mm, 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 mm. Um. Okay. So your your specific question was. Am I safe? <laughs> you shake the eight ball. Just like a, anyone does a classic magic eight ball. You hear the gooey sloshing sounds in your hands. And you watch as the, uh, what do you call it? Trapezoid pyramid? Dodecahedron. The dodecahedron inside of the ball. I have no idea what's in there. I don't know how many sides it has. Swirls before landing on a conclusive answer. Signs point to no. Hmm. I'm going to... Put the magic eight ball back and look for the door. That's an escape. That's an escape action right there. So now I need still anything above a one because I haven't Mm -hmm. called yet. A two. You find your way to the door and find that it's unlocked. So you quickly open it up and go outside in the pitch dark. But you quickly stop because you see a hooded figure standing in the parking lot staring right at you. I'm going to go back inside. I'm going <laughs> to shut that door and lock that door. Hmm. Is that an engagement or escape? An escape. Hmm. Because yeah, you're locking trick, the actually. door. Right? They're attempting to escape the hooded figure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess that's an escape. Roll your dice. Roll your dice. The Council of Puppet Masters has determined that you must roll. I got a one. Uh-oh. A one. Spooky failure. Not a spooky And this horror spiral has ticked up to two. In a panic, you reach for the door that just closed behind you, only to find that it is somehow now locked and re-entry to the building is impossible. You turn back to look over your shoulder and the hooded figure begins to walk slowly across the street towards you. I'm gonna... Scream something to catch him off guard because I think someone told me that like kind of works sometimes, <laughs> and then just run. So something like, "How's your meatloaf doing?" and then dash. Yeah, how's your meatloaf doing? <laughs> uh, this is clearly escape, right? Yes. Roll now. You must roll a three or higher in order to succeed. <laughs> a one again. Oh no! <laughs> it's gonna be a fast one. <laughs> Yes. At the top of your lungs, you scream, how is your meatloaf doing? 
before turning to run away from this hooded figure. You make your way down the street, which is unfamiliar to you, before turning left into a blind alley and attempt to elude your, you assume, pursuing figure. As soon as you turn left into this alley though, Bess, after a few steps of running, you find that the walls of the buildings around you aren't actually like brick or wood or whatever, but have become, almost without you noticing, shelves lined with bizarre occult artifacts. Somehow you've run back into the antique store? I'm gonna jump down and look out the window to see if the figure is following me back into the house that I walked back into. So you're gonna jump right? down. Because I'm on what? shelves, right? You're not on shelves. You're, oh, you're back in, in like, just back in the store. Oh, I just like, see the shelves. The alleyway just became shelves. shelves. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, okay, so I'm back in. So I'm going to look around uh, to see if the hooded figure is inside or outside. Okay, that's an engage. So you look around you in the pitch dark antique store to see if the hooded figure had followed you. You go behind some bookshelves and find that there are three hooded figures standing in a circle when you turn the corner and they start chanting. Oh God, not chanting. They're chanting your name. Oh, even worse. <laughs> How'd they learn that? Bess, 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 Bess. I'm going to look best, around this room full best. of weird ancient artifacts and I'm going to look for one that looks like it could hit someone and hurt, like a, a bat or an axe or a pole or an anything. A flail. Yeah. Thank you. Sword. Yeah. What is this? A fighting stave. Yeah, yes. that's what <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is, feels like an escape action, right? Mm -hmm. Attempting to fight them off. So now you must roll a four or higher. A six. Woo! Success. Uh, James. You scramble around, looking at the various artifacts around the shelves until you spy in between an old Coca-Cola sign and a brass ashtray from the 1920s, a <laughs> Big old plank with a bunch of nails in it, sitting on the shelf. Perfect. <laughs> Classic <laughs> antique. <laughs> I'm gonna grab that, and I'm charging at him. I feel like we've tried to we've tried to run. Mm -hmm. We tried to run. We weren't. We and it didn't work. So we're gonna. Yeah, we're just gonna attack or at least like threaten and see if if they back up at all. A three. That That's count? a failure. Damn it. Four or higher to succeed. Bess, mm. you charge forward with your antique board full of nails and take a swing at the closest hooded figure. The nails catch the fabric. You hear the tear of their cloak underneath the rusted ancient iron, only to watch this cloak fall away empty, revealing that there was no form underneath it. I was gonna say the same thing. Oh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's why our bones should be mixed together. <laughs> Meant to be. <laughs> because they already are. Yeah. Our brain bones. <laughs> um, I'm gonna 
throw the board at the other figure to see if it also disappears. Roll. Keep rolling? Yeah. Now you have to get a five or a six to succeed. I'm sure I will. Oh, uh, that's a frog roll. You that's gotta re-roll that. <laughs> but if you look right there, Phil, the five is like... Council of Puppet Masters. It was, like, it was like that. Oh my gosh. The five is right there. Uh, I'll re-roll yeah, it. It's I think you funny. should re-roll it, because the three is on the other side. The frog was smiling at me. He wanted it. Well, the frog isn't playing this game. A five! Wow. Hey. All right. <laughs> the lesson is don't cheat. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So they have succeeded. They have. You take your plank with your nails in it and throw it towards a, a second hooded figure like a baseball bat. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, 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 sure. You can throw a you baseball bat. You know, chucking bat. a baseball bat you on a field, you know? It goes like, foof, foof, foof. This time, you hear a thwomp. You've hit something, whatever it is, underneath of this hooded figure. At this time, the hooded figure takes their cloak down and you see what it is inside. It is a old, 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 pale human with veins crawling all over its face and long teeth and hairy eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> It starts pouring black goo out of its mouth and onto the floor. Ratma! Ew. Crawling yeah. towards you. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna once again run for the door and hope that this time the outside stays outside and not back inside. Come inside. Yeah, again. it did that one time. Yeah. Roll again. Five or six for success. Kiss it for good luck. <laughs> oh, one. Nice. <laughs> you turn around and sprint for the door, only to be greeted by what you were pretty sure was the back wall of the antiques shop before. You spin back around, see the old man still crawling towards you on the floor. You hop over him real quick, run to the other side. It's identical, the same back wall on both sides of the store. It seems like the door has vanished completely. That's not normal. All right. Okay. I'm gonna hide <laughs> on behind yeah. one of the aisles with some weird bottles of parts and stuff. And I'm gonna spill one of those jars and try to lure the guy over here so that when he gets over here, I can hit him over the head with something else I find. Great. Yeah. Or he could slip. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna, yeah. If he doesn't slip on the goo coming yeah, out of yeah. mouth. Bottles of parts and stuff is the most concise I've ever heard that. So I need a six. You do need a six. Okay. Uh oh. I got a six. <gasps> hey! Wow. Bess, mm -mm. you grasp the nearest jar of parts or stuff and find an oblong glass beaker topped to the brim with an offensive thick, viscous green liquid, floating in the center of which is an eyeball, bigger than a person's eyeball should be, with a double pupil. Ooh. You're freaked out by this initially, but then shake that off and dump this shit all over the ground, right as this hooded figure 
charges in your direction. Hood down, face exposed, bushy eyebrows in the night air. As soon as his feet make contact with the green slime on the floor. It's black. Oh, from yours. From yours. Never mind. Go on. From the jar. Go on. Not the black slime. So I was trying to pay attention. I was just trying to be good and engage and listen. As soon as his feet make contact with the green slime <laughs> on the floor, they slip out from under him, and you hear his body crash to the ground with a sickening thud as the black goo from him mixes <laughs> with the green goo on the floor. Now there's two goos involved. Making like kind bones. of an olivey green swirl. Love it. <laughs> two more sixes and you can escape. That's what's going to happen now. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna... I feel like he's on the ground, I gotta body slam him. Like, you gotta, like, jump and, like, they always, like, say if you get him down, you gotta go for the head. You they always to, say that. They, you don't I took a self-defense class one time in college, and they said if you get him down, you go for the head. Well, you don't want him to come after you. Exactly. We you cut inside Bess's memories back in that self-defense class. We hear the voice echoing. If you get him down, go for the head. If you get him down, go for the head. If you get him down, go for the head. The head. The head. I feel inspired. Great, I can't wait to narrate. I got a one. No, no. Okay. Okay. You walk over. Really slowing things down. What? <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna body slam. Well, you are. You're I walking you over. Running. Okay, okay. <laughs> Full of adrenaline, you run over to the hooded figure and body slam him right in his body. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's where you tip. Why you call it that? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. But as you are gliding through the air to body slam him, it is as if time stops. His mouth opens wide. I'm talking oh, real wide. And then you cannonball into his dark, endless mouth. Damn. Whoa. Cannonball? He gulped you up like a pelican. Mm-hmm. That's gnarly. I don't really even know how you're going to come back from that, on. <laughs> I, I guess I'll did. set you up. Should I? Well, Bess needs enough information to know what they to should do, do next. Unless you want to pick it up with them in slow motion falling into the mouth. As you fall into the mouth and hit what you think is ground, I don't know <laughs> what is in what is in this mouth. You look up and see an opening where the antique store once was, but it seems miles away from you. In the sunken place, kind of a yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the rabbit, his mouth is the hat. You look around and you see five doors. Oh, okay. inside this man? Yes, inside labeled. And there are five doors. Yeah, labeled one, two, three, four, five. Inside all of us, there are five doors. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If you're lucky. Opposite of the box, I'm gonna go with the biggest one. That'll be five. You said five, right? Yeah, five. The door number five is my choice. Seems like you're trying to For escape. throat monster, yeah. Are they trying to escape or just? Get out of his throat. Yeah, I guess. I guess That's trying escaping. To escape. yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Go ahead and roll. You got to get a six. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's a three. James, wrap it up. They're dead. You open the door marked V for five. Thinking that it is the Roman numeral five. That's what I think. That's what I thought. 
I I I I I I I V V. We all know how to count. <laughs> but when you open the door, you find it may just stand for something else. Standing behind this door once again is that terrifying old man in a robe. <gasps> in his mouth? <laughs> yes, he's inside himself. He can. He found himself inside himself. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I set myself up for something stupid, but I'm going to follow through with it because I've already started. I believe in you. And he, though you are already inside of his body, (coughs) opens up his mouth and chomps down on your face with a whole bunch of big, nasty, pointy teeth because the V on the door stood for vampire. (laughs) (laughs) Only I could have breathed. The whole time. The whole whole time. time I was just in the vampire place. Yep. So, creep show style. What's the the lesson? You know, there's always like a terrible kind of moral to these. Sometimes your luck runs out. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's so yeah. true. <laughs> Bess, how was your story? Were you terrified? Yeah, <laughs> I was. Uh, who wants to be the next victim? I can do it. I can escape. I can escape. The, the spiral. We'll see about that. I know yeah. how to. I just well, watched Uzumaki. I know how to get out of that town. It's sweaty. It lands on one a lot. Yeah. <laughs> From my experience. Do either of you, Mayor Best, want to do the prompt this time since I did the last prompt? Oh, you didn't just read something? What do you mean? <laughs> I thought we had starter prompts. I do have starter prompts you can use if you want, but if you have an idea, also. Mm. Here's a bunch of prompts that I wrote a while back. Ooh, let's do this one. You find yourself alone in a hotel lobby. You hear the sounds of a parade outside and turn to see a strange carnival moving past the hotel windows. You think that you catch a glimpse of strange creatures interspersed with the costume reveal. Interspersed. Oh, interspersed with the costumed revealers? Revelers. (laughs) Can't I read? (laughs) Let's take that over. You think that you catch a glimpse of strange creatures Interspersed with the costume revealers. Wait, Rebel. what was it? Reveling costume <laughs> <laughs> You like revel and roll? Yeah. Revelers. 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 <laughs> well, I, that sounds spooky, right? <laughs> Macabre. <laughs> Do I have to say anything else besides that? I thought you were going to try and say it right once. <laughs> <laughs> you think that you catch a glimpse of strange creatures interspersed with the costumed revelers. Um, okay, I am going to uh, ding the bell on the welcome desk to talk to the clerk. That feels like engagement to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. When you ding the bell, an old room key magically appears on the desk in front of you. What service? Um, okay, I'm gonna go to the room. Take the key, go to the room. Engaging? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You would engage. That's what I usually do in my dreams. <laughs> James. Yep. You pick up the key. As best mentioned, it's an old key. Not one of those swipe electronics. Mm-hmm. Just a piece of metal with some teeth. Attached to that piece of metal is a also metal tag with numbers on it that read... 1314. Mm. That's right. Your room's on the 13th floor. 
But hotels don't have 13th floors. This one does. This one does. You see no sign of staff or other guests at this hotel, but you're able to make your way to the elevator, which with an ancient brassy creek opens up for you. Once inside, you find that, like most hotels, the buttons for this hotel go like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 14, 15, 16. You see no button to go to the 13th floor. I'm going to press 12 and 14 over and over and over again and see what happens. Okay. This feels like engagement still. <laughs> yep. I'll go to my room. I'm tired. <laughs> I paid money, presumably. Oh, damn, HBO. <laughs> you press the buttons 12, 14, 12, 14, 12, 14, 12, 14, over and over and over. And then you hear circus music start playing over the speakers in the elevator. The elevator picks up speed and starts zooming up and up and up and up and <laughs> <Whoa>. up. <laughs> you crouch back in the corner. Yeah, I do. <laughs> bracing <laughs> yourself in case it urgently stops, which it does. <laughs> You guys want to, we can go grab something to eat. <laughs> the door opens with a ding. Ding. I step out of the elevator and I'm going to try to, I'm still, I'm going to go try to find my room. I don't want to be on that elevator anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the music that you thought was coming from the elevator, you realize is actually coming from the floor that you just arrived on. Mm-hmm. Floor 13. But it doesn't look like the hotel lobby did. The walls are a little dingier. The lights are a little less bright. But you can still hear the circus music. Less in the distance. All, uh, important context for the audience. James loves circus music. It's the main yes. kind of music he listens to. <laughs> yes. So this is less of a nightmare and more of a... My iPod is just like 500 of tracks night. of... Ba, 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 da, 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 da. <laughs> Instead of um, doing your indoor biking, you're on a unicycle. Bolted <laughs> to our living room. <laughs> just practicing. Get a good workout going. <laughs> your bear costume um, on. Yeah, and because I love circus music so much, as we all know, I am going to forget about trying to find my room and instead try to find <laughs> the source of the circus music. Okay, Con- continued engagement. No escapes yet. No <laughs> rolls yet. I found any reason to. <laughs> so far, I'm in a hotel. The elevator sucked, but... <laughs> Instead of, well. instead of trying to leave the hotel, <laughs> I will. I'll just. There was people out there. This seems <laughs> that could help you. I came into the hotel for a reason, obviously. Get into my haunted room. Yeah, James. Yes. You make your way down this dingy hallway of the thirteenth floor. Your ear is acutely tuned to the beguiling sounds of distant circus music. As you continue to walk. Like a Scooby-Doo following a, a pie smell, except your ear, your ear is following a circus sound. A siren song. <laughs> you arrive at the end of the hallway, in which is a window. This window is cracked open. And you realize that the sounds of circus music 
are coming not from this hotel at all, but are drifting up from the parade of revelers, continuing to parade by in the streets below. I go, ow. And I go back, I turn around, and I'm going to go find my room and go lay down. I guess that's engaging. Mm, is it, or is James escaping the siren song of the beautiful music? Yeah, because I want to go outside. I just came from there. It's I up think. to y'all. I, this feels like escape to me because yeah. James is not engaging with the horror. Mm-hmm. James is attempting to go take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is an escape. Okay. Anything but a one. Six. Great. Two more of those, and this <laughs> story is over. <laughs> <laughs> You find your... Just the day James is like... <laughs> One time I went to a hotel and there was a parade outside. <laughs> the no. elevator was broken. Yeah. Also, for some reason, the 13th floor was above all the other ones. <laughs> anyway, made... three out of five stars. <laughs> no staff. It was really weird. Would book again. <laughs> You find your way to room 1314 and stick in the hotel key. You unlock it, open your door, and walk into your room. You decide to head to the bathroom, but stop because you see someone standing in the corner of your room facing the wall with a pointy hat on. I am going to. This is a clown, I'm assuming. It's a yeah. clown. It is. I'm, I clock that it is a clown <laughs> immediately. Uh, and I'm going to try to slowly back out of the room and quietly shut the door behind me. Sounds like you're trying to escape. Uh, it sounds like you're trying to escape. Mm-hmm. It is a three. That's a success. As you go to back out of the hotel room, you hear the clown begin to laugh almost identically every time, like it's on a laugh track. But you are able to back up out of the room and shut the door. You're back in the hallway. Um, I'm gonna go try to find that. I'm gonna go try, I don't wanna be on that elevator. I'm gonna go uh, try to find some stairs to ask, to head back downstairs and ask for a new room (laughs) that is clown free. Looking for the stairs. Sounds like an escape. Yep. To Aww. me. Yep. I think you should probably roll. You want to hang out with your new friend. That is a six. Success. Jesus. James, after a brief search, during which you you must resist the urge in your body that you can't quite explain, that wants to draw you back to that open window, draw you back to the enticing allure of the clown music sounds. You're able to find a doorway to a staircase and begin your descent 13 or more floors down after several long minutes of stair climbing down stair climbing (laughs) you realize that you've been walking for longer than you feel like you should have and it's been a while since you've seen any exits from the staircase just stair after stair landing after landing drawing you inexorably down What else you notice also is, James, you're beginning to faintly hear the sound of the circus music again. We keep going down. Okay. Not going back up. (laughs) Think he's engaging? Walked too far. I guess so. (laughs) Sunk cost fallacy has got me. Sunk place fallacy. (laughs) 
you decide that you don't want to go back up, so you'll just keep going down. The circus music gets louder, and then you hear something on the stairs as if somebody is throwing bouncy balls down the staircase. You start hearing laughing again, just like you did in the hotel room. I'm going to call out, Hey, who's laughing in here? Oh, it, is this a character you're doing now? <laughs> nope. Oh, okay. It's me, James. <laughs> Engaging. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are you still moving down the staircase, or you just stopped to yell? I have stopped to yell. Okay. I don't know where this, where this laughter's coming from. Whose funny bone is so tickled. The minute... In this stairwell. <laughs> the minute you do your regular James voice call out into the distance. This is how I always talk. (laughs) What sounded before, like maybe tens of bouncy balls coming down, suddenly sounds like an avalanche of bouncy balls coming down. And as you continue to move down the staircase, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until you come across a very small red door. Are you going to go back upstairs? So I can either fight the bouncy ball avalanche or I can try to go through the tiny door. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go through the door. I don't want to get obliterated by bouncy balls. You're engaging. Or not. You're trying to escape. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Don't it's get escaping the bouncy down. balls and the laughing. Yeah. yeah. That is a six. God Jesus. Success. Wait, die. how many sixes in a row have you gotten? The last one was a three, so that's the first one. Okay. That's one. James. You open the small red door, which at first resists your efforts, having seemingly not been opened for decades. Many coats of red paint have created a seal of this small door to its frame. But with a final heave, you're able to pry it open, and you realize that there's just enough space for you to cram your little body through this small door. When you arrive on the other side of it, The space expands around you as you find yourself emerging into a massive chamber. There's a rickety metal staircase leading down from the platform on which you found yourself. And you see in the distance deep down below a space illuminated only by distant flickering candlelight in which light shadows are being cast by moving, writhing, incomprehensible forms that you can't quite make out. You see them only in shadow, but you still hear that fucking circus music (laughs) rising up from the depths. You can't beat it. No, you can't. You have to join it. Okay, I'm going to go down the stairs. (laughs) Sounds like you are, are you trying to escape anything? It sounds like he's engaging. Okay. Escape would be go back through door, close door, (laughs) handle balls. (laughs) Deal with balls. (laughs) (laughs) You go down the rickety metal staircase an inch closer to the illuminated candles or the illuminated room that's beneath you. You start seeing where those shadows are casting on the wall and noticing that what is making those shadows are a bunch of, what do you call them? Contortionists? Oh, okay. Yeah. Are a bunch of contortionists in a mirrored room. Uh, cool. I'm gonna go watch the show. <laughs> sounds cool. Engagement. 
You walk towards the contortionists in the illuminated room. What kind of room did you say they were in? It's mirror. Mirror, yes, yes, yes. As you take a few steps towards the contortionists, towards the mirrors, you find yourself surrounded by a mirror maze with reflections of yourself and the contortionists all around, writhing, screaming, maybe laughing. Some of them are happy, probably. I wouldn't have come down here if I knew they were screaming. Well, not everyone can be happy <laughs> and all the writhing. time. Uh, okay, I'm gonna, I don't want to be in a mirror maze. I'm going to look for the way out of the mirror maze. Sounds like an escape. That is a four. That's a success. I have you failed no. once? I don't think so. You also haven't rolled a lot. You've kind of just been down for everything. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay. James, you search. Pressing your hands against the mirrored glass, trying to find a way out that isn't just like, oh, this looks like a way out, but then I walk into a mirror because I'm more looking at the reflection of the way out. You do that seven or eight times before finally finding an actual way out, a mirror hallway. As you make your way down this mirrored hallway, the reflections of yourself that surround you begin to change, subtly at first, but then less subtly and more overtly, you realize that the glass that surrounds you is swirled, some concave, some convex, some squiggly style, causing the reflections of yourself before you to twist and contort. You see a very tall, skinny James, a very short, fat James, a James with two heads, a James that's just legs on top of each other, (laughs) and eventually other Less realistic, less discernible Jameses begin to accompany you on your walk. I don't like that. It's yucky. I'm going to break the mirrors. Oh. (laughs) That sounds like an escape to me. Yeah. Two. You hadn't failed at all yet, Mm -hmm. right? I don't think you failed. No, I don't think you did either. Okay. So you succeeded in breaking the mirror? I'm going to break all those fucking mirrors. All those fucking mirrors. Okay. Hate this hallway. You hate the mirror so much <laughs> that you start banging your fists against the mirror, punching them, glass going into your knuckles, blood all across the mirrors. You succeed in breaking the mirrors and actually knock down into a different room, which is the hotel lobby. You step into the lobby, but see that the parade that was outside is now in the lobby. Uh, I'm getting out of this hotel. I'm going out the front doors. <laughs> escape, escape. This hotel is nonsense. That's a two. You said you're going out the front door? Yep. As you exit the front door, the music coming from the parade automatically stops and everyone involved stares at you as you exit the door. Um, I'm going to say, uh... Oh, sorry, guys. Different voice. I left my... (laughs) This is me trying to fool them. Right. (laughs) I left my clown nose in the clown car. I'll join in just a minute. I gotta go get it. Roll. (laughs) Five. You make eye contact, one after another, with the now silent parading revelers, each of their faces painted in white, red, Etc. Clown stuff. You get it. You can't quite place it. But despite their human features, there's something fundamentally inhuman lurking beneath each of their gaze. 
as they stare silently at you, neither responding to your stupid voice or continuing their party, just staring as you make your way out of the front door of the hotel and out into the street. You find yourself in a city at night, silent. There was no other pedestrian or car in sight. The buildings around you are darkened. The only evidence of any human activity before you are the streamers and confetti that litter the road from where the parade's path had passed previously. I'm just gonna take off running in one direction. I don't want to be near the spooky parade hotel anymore. Escape. Escape. We declare an escape. <laughs> Six. Okay. I'm too good. Yeah. You successfully run blocks away from the hotel without seeing anybody from the hotel following you. You start seeing some street lights lit up and start running towards those so that you can be safe and in the light. You reach another hotel, and when you get there, you open the doors and run up to the front desk. You hit the bell, no one comes. You turn around, and there's a bunch of people standing in the lobby pointing at you and whispering. Now, I do not like that one bit. Uh, I'm going to, um, I'm going to try to push through the crowd and go back outside. Escape. Escape, escape, escape. Six. That's two That's sixes. two in a row. Okay. That's two. And you said you were leaving? Yep. <laughs> As you fight your way through this crowd of people, their whispers start to turn into laughter. And the laughter starts to get deeper and slower and more evil, but still feeling like circus music as you exit out the door, still stuck in clown town. <laughs> that was good. Thanks. Um, I am going to take out my cell phone and call the National Guard. <laughs> that seems like you're trying to call for help. You don't know their number. <laughs> How do you know? Hello, operator. Give me the National Guard. <laughs> you want to say you're calling 911? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's an escape. That's a six! Shut the fuck up. So now, James, you've yeah. rolled three sixes in a row. You have escaped the hell in which your puppet has found itself. You town. may now narrate how... You are rescued from this dire situation. I call 911. <laughs> hello? The 911 operator picks up and says, Hello, fire and ambulance services only. <laughs> I say, Hi, there's no fire and I'm not sick, but I am trapped in a very weird town full of clowns. The Whoa, what? <laughs> what? What? I'm the 911. Oh, 911 operator. I'm trapped in a weird town full of clowns. All the buildings are like infinite, and like there's only two hotels, and both the hotels are full of revelers. And they're real freaky. And I would like you to come get me out of here, please. Do you want an ambulance or a fire truck? Which would be faster? 
fire Which would be cheaper. more fun to ride in? Well, fire truck, obviously. Like, give me the fire truck. Okay. Uh, do you want one or two, or how many fire trucks do you need? You better send a lot, because I, I, I got a feeling, you know, like some of these people are still going to be following and pointing at me, and if you could just run a couple of them over, that would be... We just need your insurance choice. <laughs> Okay, yeah, a couple of fire trucks headed to Clown Town. <laughs> and then I climb into the into the big old fire truck and I cuddle up next to the Dalmatian and I leave the town and have a wonderful <laughs> night. The end. Wow. Yay. What a good work, James. <laughs> you escaped. The moral of the story is trust your local firefighters. Uh do we want to knock out, use a D4 and do one more? I don't care. How are you guys feeling? Shorten it up. Mm -hmm. It would be you or me. I don't care. You never get to play the person. I'll be a victim. Yeah, I'll use a D4. Okay. We have removed the D6 and introduced a D4. Okay. We're going to shorten this dang horror cycle Let's here. Let's do it. And now I will play the puppet okay. slash victim. Who wants to do the prompt? Find yourself alone. Oh no. In the food court of a shopping mall. After hours. Grates to all the stores have been lowered and all of the lights are off. Hello? I call out, see if anyone is here, like a mall security guard or janitor or something. Hello, is anyone here? As you call out into the empty food court of the mall. You hear nothing in response, but see out of the corner of your eye what used to be the Sabaro light Ooh. that just it says B-Row hmm. flickers a few times before turning back off. Um, I'm going to go check out the Sabaro or the B-Row, <laughs> see if they left any stuffed pizza slices or breadsticks or anything out. Because I cannot resist a Sabaro. <laughs> That's a nice treat. You hop over the Sabaro counter and make your way to the pizza ovens. You open them up and see some pizza boxes in there. In the oven? Because <laughs> it's on, like, warm, you know? Oh, okay. Did you ever, like, used to leave, like, a pizza box? Yeah, okay, in the oven. You pull them out and open the pizza box. <laughs> you open them up and find a cheese pizza. There's something different about this cheese pizza. <laughs> it's covered with human ears. <laughs> In the same way that I would describe a cheese pizza with pepperoni on it, not as a cheese pizza with pepperoni on it, but as a pepperoni pizza, I would maybe call this an ear pizza. Yeah. And not a cheese pizza. <laughs> well, it looked, it looked like a cheese pizza because the cheese was covering the ears. Because it's dark. Half ears. And it's dark, yeah. Oh, so they're like Detroit style. They're yeah. underneath the cheese, yeah. sauce and, on top. But you saw it. You yeah, one was hanging out a little bit, though, so you saw <laughs> it. I'm going to say, ah! <laughs> and throw the pizza on the floor and uh, exit the Sabaros. You're trying to escape That's the Sabaros. Yeah, I guess I'm trying to... Yeah, you are. Tomorrow's. So roll. Okay. Engaging would have been eating the pizza. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just going yes, to town and. on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My fave. I got a three. Okay. That's a success. You hop 
back over the Sbarro counter, leaving the nasty ear pizza behind. And as you begin to look around you at the rest of the food court, you notice suspicious offerings at all of the restaurants here. P.F. Chang's, that orange chicken looks suspiciously like a bunch of thumbs. Burger King, those fries? They're normal fries. I love them. They make them out of potatoes. <laughs> That's hair, <laughs> baby. <laughs> okay, well, what about Olga's kitchen? There's no way the Greek food could be weird or fucked up. Oh, on that spigot instead of lamb, it's just a human torso. <laughs> <laughs> are there any escalators around? Um, Yeah, they are turned off. Um, okay, to, in my opinion... <laughs> That's just stairs, baby. <laughs> I'm going to try and r run up the escalators and get out of here. That's an escape. That's an escape. That a That's a two. I oh, succeed. Damn it. Okay. As you reach the top of the escalators, you find yourself in the lobby of the mall movie theater. Mm. All the lights are off, just as uh, before in the food court. But over the intercom, you hear a voice come over that says, the showing will begin in five minutes. Please take your seats. Can you hear me? <laughs> Is this a two-way intercom? <laughs> I, there's, I have, <laughs> there's stuff in the food court I need to talk about. <laughs> I really just want to talk to someone. <laughs> I feel like this is also escape. I feel like this is a call for help. A cry help. for help. Yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> So you succeed. Mm -hmm. hmm. So you call out for help. Yeah. To but the you intercom. succeed. After you yell back to whoever's on the intercom, you look over at the concession stand and see that there's a young teen boy <laughs> with a name tag behind the counter that reads Daryl. <laughs> he smiles and starts waving at you. He doesn't stop waving. Yeah, I'm gonna go talk to Daryl. <laughs> Pretty like, urgently, I think. Sounds like that's, in, is that engaged? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, Daryl, you work here? Uh-huh. Um, I, I, this is gonna sound crazy. I just came from the food court downstairs and all of the foods in all the restaurants down there is human bodies. <laughs> I think there's some kind of sick, like a Zodiac uh, or some kind of murderer um, putting human bodies in the foods in the food court. We we should get out of here. Daryl says, um, "Jeepers! <laughs> that sounds like a pretty wild time." Yeah. But you know. But. <laughs> <laughs> I hear this movie's supposed to be pretty dang cool. Why don't we just go on in? Hey, Daryl, are you fucking listening to me? <laughs> go there on were in. human ears on the Sabaro, babe. Go in. <laughs> Go in and find your seat. Oh, okay. All yeah. questions will be answered. No, for sure. For sure, Daryl. I'm going to go find my seat. <laughs> You're right. I'm going to get out of here. Right. I run. I'm running for the exit. Escape. That's a four. As you turn to go back down the stairs that are actually escalators, <laughs> you start running down. The escalator starts moving up. Ah. Uh, dang. I run down faster. <laughs> to compensate. <Yeah. laughs> All right, so I'm taking these steps two at a time. 
<laughs> so roll, I guess. Two. Success. Damn it. You run down the escalator even though it's moving up at great speed. You jump the steps <gasps> two <gasps> at a time. <laughs> <laughs> you think that you escape Daryl. I've definitely escaped Daryl. <laughs> you see him at the top of the stairs waving to Later, you. Later, idiot. <laughs> After you get to the first floor of the mall, you peer into some of the stores that are closed. I'm running past them. I'm getting out of here, but I'm peering also. One of them is a radio shack. They still have those? <laughs> In the window displays are a bunch of TVs. They all turn on and start playing a video. No time for that. I'm getting out of this mall. There you go. Roll that Roll. die. Video's probably a fucking eyeball's getting cut up or something. I need to see that shit. I'm out of here. Two. Annoying. A mysterious voice comes across the turned on televisions. Ah, you seek to find... Wait, 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 wait. Why do you keep running? No, come back, come back, come back, come back. <laughs> Throwing up double birds. <laughs> I got double birds up as I'm running away. Um, you run back through the food court to where you first began to find that now, stationed at every single restaurant with all those weird, nasty body parts is like six or seven identical... Daryl's. Oh. All standing behind the registers, all waving at you in perfect synchronization. I'm looking around now for exit sign. I'm looking around for mall map. <laughs> you are here. Tell me where exit is. It's right here. Thank you. That's a four. Is that two fours in a row? No. Um. Oh. <laughs> you look around for a mall map. You see one. It says at the top of it, mall map. You Perfect, look just what I was looking for. <laughs> you look at the mall map. It looks like it's been here a while. There's some graffiti on it. There's some funny stickers. There's some penises. What's, can you, what's one of the funny stickers? It says, haha, your mom. Uh, really funny. <laughs> I, I laugh. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Got me. And comically, someone has drawn big X's over what you can tell are traditional exits to the mall. But they're saying, don't go there. But you do see one area of the mall circled. It's what used to be a JCPenney's. Hmm. The, does the, I have a follow-up question. Is the JCPenney's, because normally like the big stores at the mall, like your Macy's, your Burlington mm -hmm. Coat Factory, it's going to have an exterior exit. Yes. Do I see that the, it appears that the JCPenney has its own exits? Like as yeah, an exterior I think so. store? Yeah, okay. I think they almost, yeah, I feel like they Spend it would. It through the pennies. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the big name brands, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, I'm heading for JC JCPenney's. Thank you, Map uh, Hooligans. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm not also Daryl, don't worry. <laughs> All right, roll. I, I am still trying to escape, yeah, yeah. You want to go shopping? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to stop, you know, in the, like, home department. <laughs> That's a two. You successfully walk throughout the mall and get- I'm running, I'm not walking. You successfully run through the mall, <laughs> dodging the TVs in the display that are playing the video. So you have returned to- no, 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 no! <laughs> you make your way in front of the JCPenney's. It's barred shut because it's closed. Fuck! Okay. Uh, I'm gonna start rattling on the bars. 
and uh, see if I can get them open. I want to get them open. I want to get in J.C. Penney so I can get out of this mall. That, well, I guess you're still trying to escape. That's a three. God damn it. Um, you rattle these bars loud as heck uh, and manage to um, like unevenly lift them up uh, just a bit enough that you can like crawl underneath it like Indiana Jones escaping a falling temple door. And you enter into the J.C. Penney's. You look around. It's a big department store. After hours, all the lights are off. It's even darker than like the than like the interior of the mall because you know like the mall itself has like most of the ceiling is like a skylight, lets in a lot of natural light. So even at night, there's some degree of illumination. This Penny's, no such windows, no such light. It's dark as fuck, save for seemingly far back the rear wall of the department store, you see what looks like somebody with a flashlight making rounds, passing back and forth. Based on my experience with the Daryls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to assume that this flashlight holding entity is friendly. <laughs> I have a question for the Puppet Masters. Mm -hmm. Puppet Masters, do I have my cell phone on me? You can't will. will it. Yeah. You have it. Yeah. yeah. So what I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to back into a ring of, you know, like the ring rack of clothes uh -huh. where you can hide in the middle. Yeah, uh -huh. your mom. Yeah. And I'm going to back into <laughs> one of those and hide in the middle and pull out my phone. I'm going to call my wife. All right. Mm. Roll. That's a three. You back into the clothing rack and you pull out your phone to call your wife. It rings, they answer, but your phone is stuck on speakerphone. Hello? Hey, mate, you have to whisper. I'm stuck on speakerphone. What? You, mate, you have to whisper. I'm stuck on speakerphone. I'm sorry. Where are... I'm at some kind of mall. Why are you at a mall? What time is it? When did you see me last? I don't know how I got here. It's 1.30 in the morning. I thought you went to go see Mission Impossible again with Jane. <laughs> I knew it was a long movie, but I thought you would have been home by now. No, I'm at a mall, and there's fucking Daryl's here. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Are you going to be home soon? I want to get out, but there's... there's. Listen, I went to the Sabaros. Oh, I know you can't resist the Sabaros. There was human ears on the pizzas, and then I went to... <laughs> Panda Express and <laughs> I went to PF Chang's and the fucking orange chickens was thumbs. <laughs> so There's nobody, everything's closed so and just, everything's haunted and there's dead bodies and stuff. I need you to come get me. Um, if you share your location with me, I can come pick you up. I don't like doing that. I know, so. <laughs> yes, so. <laughs> Okay, all right, I'm going to turn, I'll share my location, and you have to come get me right now, and honestly, you should bring a gun. <laughs> <laughs> and the dog. Uh, yeah. Okay, um, I'll, see, I'll see you soon. Share okay, great, location. love you, bye. Love you, bye. <laughs> Go ahead and roll. <laughs> Three. God damn. <laughs> okay. You sit in the middle of the clothing rack for a few minutes. Worried that security card, security guard, or Daryl security guard <laughs> may have heard the conversation. 
After those couple minutes that feel like forever, you hear a couple footsteps getting closer to you. As they get closer, you also hear a knock on the exterior door of JC Penney's. And it's your wife <laughs> saying, Phil, I'm here! <laughs> So your so your wife came. So that's the success. Yeah, they got here really fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sharing your location. Yeah, and we live in a small town. Okay, but the security guard's like right here. Yeah. All right, I'm going to take a deep breath because I'm really scared, and I'm gonna try and bust out from the clothes, kind of at where the security guard is. So I like hopefully knock them back a little bit and then can blast past them and get to the door where my wife is here to save me and okay. get me. All right, roll. I got two. Damn. You explode oh. out of this rack oh. of clothes. <laughs> Wait, you're what? Oh, shit. You explode then. <laughs> Best jump fat. <laughs> it was a twist. <laughs> More movies would be good if just out of nowhere someone exploded. Yeah, liven it up a little bit. You erupt out of this rack of clothes with uh, a <laughs> yeah, with a fervor, and you like like a linebacker, like put your head down and shoulder out and start sprinting towards this security guard, um, who dives out of the way to not be tackled by you with a hey. Um, <laughs> As you get to the door, on the other side of which is your wife. But strangely. I'm gonna grab a fucking trash can. Are there trash cans around sure. nearby? I'm gonna grab a trash can and I'm gonna hook it through the fucking glass. Great. So I'm gonna signal to May. I'm gonna signal. Get, get. Okay. Get what? Grab, you see me grab a trash can. Oh God. <laughs> I hurl it at the door to break out. It seems like it won't work. Yeah. It shouldn't work. I got a one. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. <laughs> Philip, you throw that trash can at, at the glass door. You thought it would break, but it doesn't. The trash can hits the glass, bounces off of it, hits you in the head, knocks you a little fuzzy, and you're lying down on your back, and you, uh, you black out, brown out for like five to ten seconds, and then you wake up. Boggy. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I've been browned out for five to ten seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I kind of get my senses, and I, and I look, is my wife still there? Your wife's not there. <gasps> what? <laughs> <laughs> I look at the glass. Did I make even, like, a crack or a dent or anything? There's some scratches. Scratches. <laughs> I look around. Is the security guard nearby? Not that you can see. The fuck? Um, I'm gonna examine the door and see. I want to examine like the locking mechanism, see if I can like somehow pick it or put a credit card through like where the latch is or something. I want and like I want to pick the lock. Okay. Can I do a lock pick check? <laughs> yeah. You roll for escape. Three or a four. I know. <laughs> <laughs> You got one. I got a one. So you take a credit card out of your wallet and start to try to get... You start to try 
to pick the lock or try to slide it in between the doors so that you can get out. You're panicking and you're sweaty, so you sl um, drop the credit card on the floor. Oh, my visa! <laughs> As you bend over to pick it up, your glasses slide off your face. Oh, my glasses! <laughs> <laughs> then someone taps you on the shoulder and ah! says, Here are your glasses. It's Daryl. <laughs> I put my glasses on. He says, are you ready for the movie? Oh, hey, Daryl. <laughs> I'm so ready for the movie. He grabs your hand. Oh, no, no. Grabs no. your hand. No. And he grabs your hand no. and starts to try. I'm pulling my hand out. I don't want to touch Daryl. That's you away. Yeah. You need a four. <laughs> <laughs> I got a four! Wow! Oh. Oh. Damn it, Daryl. I know. Why couldn't you get it right this Be time? Be better, Daryl! <laughs> uh, Not that aggressive. You start to kind of like lightly tug your hand away from Daryl um, and find it more difficult than it should be. And you look down to see that Daryl's hand is no longer a hand. It's just a runny mass of flesh that is slowly wrapping itself around your hand and crawling up your arm. But I did succeed in pulling my yep. hand away from Daryl. Yep, I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that imagery shocks you enough to yank your arm as hard as you can, tearing away a big hunk of Daryl's drippy meat. And Daryl Daryl lets out an inhuman <laughs> and gives you like a body snatcher, like stare and point as you break away from him and begin to run away through the mall. I'm not running away yet. Oh, okay. I want to do a quick ocular pat down of Daryl. <laughs> and I want to see if there's any keys or key rings prominent on Daryl's like uh, lanyard or belt or anything that I can maybe snatch away okay. and use to get out. Would you like me to roll? Would mm -hmm. you guys want me to roll? I for would that? like you to roll yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna need a roll to see for if that you can one. Find a key to escape. Successfully. This will be if I get a four, this is my second one. I got one. a one. So you're dead? <laughs> right? Wait. No. Yeah. You're no, yeah, you're right. Failure. That's it. That was my last failure. Yep. You are dead. Okay. So I have to narrate your death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just going to the movies. <laughs> That's true. To eat ear pizza. Yeah, but it's the Boondock Saints. No! <laughs> you legit picked the worst movie. I know. <laughs> In the time that it takes for you to do a quick head-to-toe glance of Daryl, this Daryl, looking for keys of any kind to escape or get out, you see that the TVs scattered throughout the JCPenney's turn on, but you see yourself on every screen. Daryl looks at you and says, well, don't worry, we're a little late, but we brought the movie to you. As you look around at your own face on every screen, Daryl reaches out to touch your face and say, I think we're gonna be the best of friends. As Daryl's skin melts, covers, bonds on top of yours, as you become your own Daryl. <gasps> At least I got to be on TV. <laughs> That's the moral of this story. Yeah. Your 15 seconds of fame. And yep. where's your wife? Yeah. <laughs> there was no wife 
It was a Daryl. It was a Daryl. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm your wife now. No, my wife's a (laughs) Daryl. That was a good one. Yeah. Trapped in the mall, released in Sweden as help my wife to Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> Mall's a good place for spooky stuff. Yeah. Uh, what's that one? Um, chopping Robots? Mall. Yeah, Chopping Mall. Not what I was thinking of. Uh, that is a great movie, though. Barbara Crampton. We yeah. love her. No, I was thinking of the um, Are You Afraid of the Dark where they're stuck in the mall, but it's like a pinball game. Oh, uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Mm-mm. Uh, first Fear Street movie, oh, Climax yeah. in a Mall. Mm-hmm. We, oh, yeah, with the saw, the head one. That was at a mall? Oh, the bread slicer? Yeah. I thought that was yeah. at a grocery store. You're right. Maybe it's the third one where they go to the mall. We love Fear Street. Well, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Yes. <laughs> Wait. Everyone, what's that outside the window? Do you see? The, it looks like your those... great uncle. <laughs> No, behind him. Oh. <laughs> the golden rays of dawn. Oh. Peeking up over the hillside. We, we did it. We survived it. the night. We survived the night in the spooky mansion, so now you get a mansion. And we were definitely man- committed to and aware of the superstructure of this the whole time. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, we were always talking about, you know, that we were in a haunted house. Yes. <laughs> we had to stay a night in. Uh, crazy dreams we all had. Is that... In mythology, or were we playing a game in the house? We played what? a game in the house. Okay. And Best disappeared, and then we didn't really stick with that. We forgot. For the subsequent. We were having so much fun. We forgot we were in a haunted house. But I think this has been a great uh, inaugural Chill Haven Halloween spooktacular. Halloween spooktacular. I can't wait for next year. Yeah. You know what? When you have the power of friendship, nothing makes you scared. Nothing scary. And that's nothing the scary. real moral. When yeah. you can call your wife on the phone. <laughs> Nothing can get you. No, except for Daryl. Except for Daryl. Yeah. But really, you're Daryl, so. Yeah. So. About that. Your wife gets you in the end. And That's Ain't moral. that the truth, folks? <laughs> to mix their bones with yours for it's eternity. Yeah. And also, bones are their money. Yeah. <laughs> That's the real horror story, that your wife is going to kill you and mix your bones together. For love. Okay. Oh, wow. Merry Halloween. Merry Halloween. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.